<clears throat> Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. <clears throat> uh, we hope you are all well and safe and happy as can be had uh, under the circumstances, the world being what it is, so much anxiety, so much uh, uncertainty, uh, insecurity. But here is the real security, to hear transcendental uh, sound, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam, um, which Srila Prabhupada called his spoken kirtan. This is Srila Prabhupada's kirtan. Of course, he, always, he also chanted Hare Krishna a lot, led kirtans, but this is called his brihad, Vridanga, his uh, spoken kirtan. And the sound is so satisfying, purifying. Uh, and so we should uh, relish as much as possible. This is what Prabhupada wanted. He wanted everyone to be happy. And we can be happy by relishing uh, his, his transcendental uh, purports, especially in the verses that he translated. Okay. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami glorifies the Bhagavatam and explains what it is at the same time. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths you are, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandodita Ditya Sri Krishna Paribartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you, who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadayin atini chuchatakara hanamun chagadachin mam premna rit kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. 
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the second chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The Lord in the Heart. Uh, we're beginning with text 17. <clears throat> Shukadeva Goswami is continuing to explain uh, the first steps uh, in the process of uh, Bhakti Yoga. The beginning steps. In that transcendental state of labdho prashanti, there is no supremacy of devastating time which controls even the celestial demigods who are empowered to rule over mundane creatures. And what to speak of any supremacy of the demigods themselves, nor is, the, nor is there the mode of material goodness, nor passion, nor ignorance, nor even the false ego, material causal ocean, or material nature. Purport. Devastating time, which controls even the celestial demigods by its manifestations of past, present, and future, does not act on the transcendental plane. The influence of time is exhibited by the symptoms of birth, death, old age, and disease. And these four principles of material conditions are present everywhere in any part of the material cosmos, up to the planet Brahmaloka, where the duration of life of the inhabitants appears to us to be fabulous. Insurmountable time even brings about the death of Brahma, so what to speak of other demigods like Indra, Chandra, Surya, Vayu, and Varuna? The, astrono the astronomical influence directed by the different demigods over mundane creatures is also conspicuous by his absence. In material existence, the living entities are afraid of satanic influence. But for a devotee on the transcendental plane, there is no such fear at all. The living entities change their material bodies in different shapes and forms under the influence of the different modes of material nature. But in the transcendental state, the devotee is gunatita, or above the material modes of goodness, passion, and ignorance. Thus, the false ego of I am the Lord of all I survey does not arise there. In the material world, the false ego of the living entity try, in, the, in the material world where am I? In the material world, the false ego of the living being trying to lord it over the material nature is something like the moths falling into a blazing fire. 
The moth is captivated by the glaring beauty of the fire, and when he comes to enjoy it, the blazing fire consumes him. In the transcendental state, the living being is pure in his consciousness, and as such, he has no false ego to lord it over the material nature. Rather, his pure consciousness directs him to surrender under the Supreme Lord, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita, 7.19, Vasudevak Sarvamiti Samahatma Labaha. All this indicates that in the transcendental state there is neither material creation nor the causal ocean for material nature. The above-mentioned state of affairs, the above-mentioned state of affairs is factual on the transcendental plane, but is factually revealed in a transcendentalist knowledge of the advanced state of pure consciousness. Such transcendentalists are of two types, namely the impersonalists and the devotees. For the impersonalist, the ultimate goal or destination is the Brahmajyoti of the spiritual sky. But for the devotees, the ultimate goal is the Vaikuntha planets. The devotees experience the above-mentioned state of affairs by attainment of spiritual forms for activity in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. But the impersonalist, because of his neglecting the association of the Lord, does not develop a spiritual body for spiritual activity, but remains a spiritual spark only, merged in the effulgent spiritual rays of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord is the full-fledged form of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. But the formless Brahmajyoti is simply eternity and knowledge. The Vaikuntha planets are also forms of eternity, bliss, and knowledge, and therefore the devotees of the Lord, who are admitted into the abode of the Lord, also get bodies of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. As such, there is no difference between one and another. The Lord's abode, fame, the Lord's abode, name, fame, entourage, and so on, are of the same transcendental quality. And how this transcendental quality differs from the material world is explained herewith in this verse. In the Bhagavad Gita, three principal subjects have been explained by Lord Sri Krishna, namely Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga. But one can reach the Vaikuntha planets by the practice of Bhakti Yoga only. The other two are incompetent in helping one reach the Vaikuntha Lokas, although they can, however, conveniently take one to the effulgent Brahmajyoti, as described above. Text 18. The transcendentalists desire to avoid everything godless, for they know that the supreme situation in which everything is related with the Supreme Lord Vishnu. Therefore a pure devotee, in absolute harmony with the Lord, 
does not create perplexities, but worships the lotus feet of the Lord at every moment, taking them into his heart. Purport In the Bhagavad Gita, Maddhamma, my abode, is mentioned several times, and according to the version of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna, there exists the unlimited spiritual sky, wherein the planets are called Vaikuntas, or the abode of the Personality of Godhead. In that sky, which is far, far beyond the material sky and its sevenfold coverings, there is no need of the sun or the moon, nor is there necessity of electricity for illumination, because the planets are self-illuminating and more brilliant than the material suns. Pure devotees of the Lord are absolutely in harmony with the Personality of Godhead. Or in other words, they always think of the Lord as their only dependable friend and well-wisher. They do not care for any mundane creature up to the status of Brahma, the Lord of the Universe. Only they can definitely have a clear vision of the Vaikuntha planets. Such pure devotees, being perfectly directed by the Supreme Lord, do not create any artificial perplexity in the matter of transcendental understanding by wasting time in discussing what is Brahman and what is non-Brahman or Maya. Nor do, they, nor, do they falsely think them, nor do they falsely think of themselves as one with the Lord or argue that there is no existence of the Lord separately or that there is no God at all or that living beings are themselves God, or that when God incarnates Himself, He assumes a material body. Nor do they concern themselves with many obscure speculative theories, which, in which, in our, which are, in actuality, so many stumbling blocks on the path of transcendental understanding. Apart from the class of impersonalists or non-devotees, there are also classes who pose themselves as devotees of the Lord, but at heart maintain the idea of salvation by becoming one with the impersonal Brahman. They wrongly manufacture their own way of devotional service by open debauchery and mislead others who are simpletons or debauchees like, they, they, like themselves. All these non-devotees and debauchees are according to Vishwanath Chakravarti duratmas or crooked souls in the dress of Mahatmas or great souls. Such non-devotees and debauchees are completely excluded from the list of transcendentalists by the presentation of this particular verse by Shukadeva Goswami. So the Vaikuntha planets are factually the supreme residential places called the Param Padam. The impersonal Brahma Jyoti is also called the Parang Padam due to its being the rays of the Vaikuntha planets, as the sun rays are the rays of the sun. In the Bhagavad Gita 1427, it is clearly said that the impersonal Brahma Jyoti rests 
on the person of the Lord. And because everything rests on the Brahma Jyoti directly and indirectly, everything is generated from the Lord. Everything rests on Him, and after annihilation, everything is merged in Him only. Therefore, nothing is independent of Him. A pure devotee of the Lord no longer wastes valuable time discriminating Brahman from non-Brahman because he knows perfectly well that the Lord, Parabrahman, but because he knows perfectly well that the Lord, Parabrahman, by his Brahman energy, is interwoven into everything, and thus everything is looked upon by the a Lord. Oh, pardon me. I'll start this sentence again. These are long sentences. Difficult to read. A pure devotee of the Lord no longer wastes valuable time discriminating Brahman from non-Brahman because he knows perfectly well that the Lord, Parabrahman, by his Brahman energy is interwoven into everything and thus everything is looked upon by a devotee as the property of the Lord. The Lord tries to engage everything in his service and does not create perplexities by falsely lording it over the creation of the Lord. He is so faithful that he engages himself, as well as everything else, in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. In everything, the devotee sees the Lord, and he sees everything in the Lord. The specific disturbance created by a duratma, or crooked soul, is due to his maintaining that the transcendental form of the Lord is something material. Text 19 By the strength of scientific knowledge, one should be well situated in absolute realization and thus be able to distinguish all material desires. I'll read that again. By the strength of scientific knowledge, one should be well situated in absolute realization and thus be able to extinguish all material desires. One should then give up the material body by blocking the air hole through which stool is evacuated with the heel of one's foot and by lifting the air, life air from one place to another in the six primary places. Purport. <clears throat> there are many Duratmas who claim to have realized themselves as Brahman and yet are unable to conquer material desires. In the Bhagavad Gita 1854, it is clearly explained that an absolutely self-realized soul becomes completely aloof from all material desires. Material desires are based on the false ego of the living being and are exhibited by his childish and useless activities to conquer the laws of material nature and by his desire to lord it over the resources of the five elements. With such a mentality, one is led to believe in the strength of material science with its discovery of atomic energy 
and space travel by mechanical vehicles, and by such tiny advancements in material science, the false egoist tries to challenge even the strength of the Supreme Lord, who can finish all man's tiny endeavors in less than a second. The well-situated self, or Brahman-realized soul, perfectly understands that the Supreme Brahman, or the Personality of Godhead, is the all-powerful Vasudev, and that he, the self-realized living being, is a part and parcel of the Supreme Whole. As such, his constitutional position is to cooperate with him in all respects in the transcendental relation of the served and the servitor. Such a self-realized soul ceases to exhibit his useless activities of attempting to lord it over material nature. Being scientifically well informed, he fully engages himself in faithful devotion to the Lord. The expert yogi, who has thoroughly practiced the control of the life air by the prescribed method of the yoga system, is advised to quit the body as follows. He should plug up the evacuating hole with the heel of the foot and then progressively move the life air on and on to six places, the navel, abdomen, heart, chest, palate, eyebrows, and cerebral pit. Controlling the life air in the, by the prescribed yogic process is mechanical and the practice is more or less a physical endeavor for spiritual perfection. In olden days, such practice was very common for the transcendentalist, for the mode of life and character in those days were favorable. But in modern days, when the influence of the Kali Age is so disturbing, practically everyone is untrained in this art of bodily exercise. Concentration of the mind is more easily attained in these days by the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. The results are more effective than those derived from the inner exercise of the life air. Text 20 The meditative devotee should slowly push up the life air from the navel to the heart, from there to the chest, and from there to the root of the palate. He should search out the proper places with intelligence. Purport There are six circles of the movement of the life air, and the intelligent bhakti yogi should search out these places with intelligence and in a meditative mood. Among these, mentioned above, is the Swadhisthana Chakra, or the powerhouse of the life air. And above this, just below the abdomen and navel, is the Manipuraka Chakra. When the meditative devotee searches out the next higher circle of the life air, he reaches, the, he reaches the Anahata Chakra in the heart. And further up, when the life air is placed at the root of the palate, 
he reaches the Vishuddha Chakra. Text 21 Thereafter the Bhakti Yogi should push the life air up between the eyebrows and then blocking the seven outlets of the life air he should maintain his aim for going back home back to Godhead. If he is completely free from all desires for material enjoyment he should then reach the cerebral hole and give up his material connections having gone to the Supreme. Purport The process of giving up all material connections and returning home back to Godhead, the Supreme, is recommended here. The condition is that one should be completely free from desire for material enjoyment. There are different grades of material enjoyments in respect to duration of life and sensual gratification. The highest plane of sensual enjoyment for the longest period of life is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita 9.20. All are but material enjoyments and one should be thoroughly convinced that he has no need of such a long duration of life even in the Brahmaloka planet. He must return home back to Godhead and must not be attracted by any amount of material facilities. In the Bhagavad Gita 259 it is said that this sort of material detachment is possible to attain when one is acquainted with the supreme association of life. Padang drishtva nivartate One cannot be freed from material attraction unless he is com has completely understood one cannot be freed from material attraction unless he has completely under unless he has complete understanding of the nature of spiritual life the propaganda by a certain class of impersonalists that spiritual life is void of all varieties is dangerous propaganda to mislead the living beings into becoming more and more attracted by material enjoyments. As such, persons with a poor fund of knowledge cannot have any conception of the Param, the Supreme. They try to stick to the varieties of material enjoyments, although they may flatter themselves as being Brahman-realized souls. Such less intelligent persons as <clears throat> cannot have any conception of the param as mentioned in this verse and therefore they cannot reach the Supreme. The devotees have full knowledge of the spiritual world, the personality of Godhead and his transcendental association in the unlimited spiritual planets called Vaikuntha Lokas. Herein Akunta Drishti is mentioned. Akunta and Vaikuntha convey the same import and only one who has his aim fixed upon that spiritual world and personal association with the Godhead can give up his material connections even while living in the material world. This Param and the Param Dhamma mentioned in several places in the Bhagavad Gita are one and the same thing. One who goes to the Param Dhamma 
does not return to the material world. This freedom is possible. This freedom is not possible even by reaching the topmost loka of the material world. The life air. <clears throat> the life air passes through seven openings, namely two eyes, two nostrils, two ears, and one mouth. Generally it passes through the mouth at the time of an ordinary man's death. But the yogi, as above mentioned, who controls the life air in his own way, generally releases the life air by puncturing the cerebral hole in the head. The yogi therefore blocks up the above-mentioned seven openings so that the life air will naturally burst forth through the cerebral hole. This is the sure sign of the great devotees leaving the material connection. Text 22 However, O King, if a yogi maintains a desire for improved material enjoyments, like transference to the topmost planet, Brahmaloka, or the achievement of the Eightfold Perfections, travel in outer space with the Vaihyasas, or, or a situation in one of the millions of planets, then he has to take away with him the materially molded mind and senses. Purport <clears throat> In the upper status of the planetary systems, there are facilities thousands and thousands of times greater for material enjoyments than in the lower planetary systems. The topmost planetary systems consist of planets like Brahmaloka and Dhruvaloka, the pole star, and all of them are situated beyond Maharloka. The inhabitants of those planets are empowered with eightfold achievements of mystic perfection. They do not have to learn and practice the mystic processes of yogic perfect, yoga perfection and achieve the power of becoming small like a particle, anima siddhi, or lighter than a soft feather, lagima siddhi. They do not have to get anything and everything. They do not have to get anything and everything from anywhere and everywhere, prapti siddhi, to become heavier than the heaviest. Mahima Siddhi, to act freely, even to create something wonderful or to annihilate everything at will, Ishitva Siddhi, or con to control all material elements, Vashitva Siddhi, to possess such power as will never be frustrated in any desire, Prakamya Siddhi, or to assume any shape or form one may like, one or to assume any shape or form one may even whimsically desire, Kama Vasaita Siddhi. All these experiences, all these expediencies, excuse me, all these expediencies are as common as natural gifts for the inhabitants of those higher planets. <clears throat> 
They do not require any mechanical help to travel in outer space, and they can move and travel at will from one planet to any other planet within no time. The inhabitants of the earth cannot move even to the nearest planet except by mechanical vehicles like spacecraft, but the highly talented inhabitants of such higher planets can do everything very easily. Such a materialist is generally inquisitive to experience what is actually in such planetary systems. He wants to see everything personally. As inquisitive persons tour all over the world to gain direct local experience, the less intelligent transcendentalist similarly desires to have some experience of those planets about which he has heard so many wonderful things. The yogi can, however, easily fulfill his desire by going there with the present materialistic mind and senses. The prime inclination of the materialistic mind is to lord it over the material world, and all the cities mentioned above are features of domination over the world. The devotees of the Lord are not ambitious to dominate a false and temporary phenomenon. On the contrary, a devotee wants to be dominated by the Supreme Predominator, the Lord. A desire to serve the Lord, the Supreme Predominator, is spiritual or transcendental, and one has to attain this purification of the mind and the senses to get admission into the spiritual kingdom. With a materialistic mind, one can reach the best planet in the universe, but no one with a materialistic mind can enter into the kingdom of God. Senses are called spiritually purified when they are not involved in sense gratification. Senses require engagements, and when the senses are engaged totally in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, they have no chance to become contaminated by material infections. And believe it or not, it's 7.53. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop our reading tonight. We'll start tomorrow at text 23. Absorbing, huh? Completely absorbing. Transcendental thoughts. Okay, oh great sages out there in cyberspace or here, wherever, please enlighten us by your reflections and discussions on what we've just heard. Hare Krishna. First up is something from Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, beautiful to see you again and connect with the real security. Yeah, thanks very much, and it's true, as it is true. <clears throat> and from Rai Kanu. Rai Kanu Devidasi, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. 
Jai, all glories to his divine grace. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna, all glories to Srila Prabhupada in your daily reading service. The best time of the day. Jai Sriman Bhagavatam. Jai Ho. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Hare Krishna. From Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Dasi. <coughs> Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Once again, thank you for today's reading. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hari Bo, Hari Krishna. And from Bhakti Rupa. Hari Bo, Bhakti Rupa. He says, Thanks for reading, Maharaj. I really have a strong desire to give my full attention and hear the Bhagavatam, but sometimes go through periods of drowsiness as soon as we start reading. I wondered what the causes for this sleepiness is and how to overcome it. Well, it, it, when we are, before we come to the nishta stage or the steady stage of devotional service, the fixed up stage of devotional service, we're in the realm of anishtita bhakti. This is not unusual. It's practically everyone goes through it in the beginning of their spiritual lives. So it, first of all, it's nothing to be uh, depressed about or to wonder about. And there's a, there's a book by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur called um, Madhurya Kadambani which describes these stages of anishtati uh, bhakti. And in purports, purports also, uh, these different stages are described. So, how to avoid drowsiness? Well, the first thing is you have to get enough sleep. If you don't get enough sleep, if you're not well rested enough, uh, you won't be able to to be be attentive while you're here and chant. So this is very important. Therefore, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, "Don't sleep too much, and don't sleep too little. Don't eat too much, and don't eat too little. Don't recreate too much, and don't recreate too little." In this way, one can practice the yoga system. So what means too little or too much is different for every person. And how we can tell if we've reached that proper balance is that we'll, we'll, we'll be attentive. While we're awake, we'll be attentive when we hear and chant. So it takes practice. Uh, it takes the cultivation of desire. We have to desire more and more until the Supersoul is convinced that we're trustworthy and then he will help us to achieve that fixed uh, nishta stage of devotional service. And then in the meantime we have to tolerate You've got no alternative but to tolerate and to continue to practice. 
it's interesting that you brought it up because that that section of the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna explains to Arjuna how to perform the Ashtanga Yoga or the physical yoga that we've been talking about here, that Prabhupada has been talking about in the Bhagavatam verses, have been talking about tonight that we read. So we, we shouldn't think it's easy. It's not easy to remove ourselves from material enjoyment and material material <clears throat> uh, desires. But it's necessary. In the life of a transcendentalist, it's necessary. So we can't be inactive. We can't uh, stop being physically active. We have to remain physically active. And we should stay as physically active as keeps us absorbed. If we try to sit and meditate or study uh, seriously uh, before we're, we're ready, then we will fall asleep. Um, so we have to have that balance of activity and uh, concentration on the spiritual activities of hearing and chanting. And you can tell how you're advancing because as, as the anarthas are removed by the process of devotional service and the direct, under the direction of spiritual authority, uh, one progresses through the stages of devotional service to the point of nishta. But you can't get to nishta until you've removed the anarthas, the unwanted things in the heart. And there's a lot of them accumulated. And we don't want to take those things with us to our next body. Thank you. So by knowledge and by the faith that, that is strengthened by practical spiritual experience, we can become fixed. Hare Krishna. From Jagamohan. Yes, Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Hare Krishna, dear Jagamohan. It's from Rati Manjari. Hare Bo, Rati. I am in bed with a fever, but this got me thinking like a soul. Thank you. <laughs> Hare Krishna, Rati Manjari. Thank you so much. We know that you worked out. You, you sent me videos of your, you know, kirtan party, and you're dancing and chanting like a madwoman. So therefore, Hare Krishna, you have a right to be a little tired or a little whatever. We hope you aren't too sick, though. Uh, please take care of yourself. You need a healthy body to do this devotional service properly. Hare Krishna. From Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. He says, Thanks for your answer, Maharaj. Very helpful. I've been struggling to follow the thread of what's being said in this chapter on account of my snooziness. Snooziness. 
from the little amount that is going in, it seems to be talking about the yoga system. I wondered if you could perhaps give a very brief overview, if possible. Yes. Yogi namapi sarvesham vadkatenam tadatmana shadhavan bhajateyo mam same yukta tamamutha Always think of Krishna and you will when you will perform the, uh, the yoga system perfectly. You don't have to go through these different phases of the yoga system in the Kali Yuga. It's not possible. It's actually impossible. So actually it's a waste of time to try to learn the details and what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Because it's not practical in the Kali Yuga. Just look at the atmosphere, the world. How agitated it is. Everywhere you go, you look in people's faces, they're all agitated and they're insecure. You know, the economic situation is insecure, the political situation, the familial situation, top to bottom, inside and out, it's insecure. And now we have a war staring us in the face that could easily turn into something more, you know, World War Three. It's possible, it's always possible. So therefore, take this supreme yoga, the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, and when you're drowsy, stand up. And when your mind wanders, chant a little louder. Chant loud enough so that you can hear every name and concentrate your mind on the sound. And that will keep you awake for sure. Because the sound is Krishna. So on the basis of the philosophy that the sound is Krishna and the practice of mantra meditation in which you concentrate on the sound of the holy name, you can get everything. And I mean everything all the benefits of yoga system, all the benefits of study of the Vedas, all the benefits of severe austerity, all the benefits of giving all your charity to worthy causes, and so on and so on. It's simple, but it has to be for us. Hare Krishna. from Gemma Gemma, Hare Krishna Please accept my respectful obeisances Guru Maharaj All glories to the Bhagavatam the sun and moon moonshine on a dark night <laughs> Hare Krishna I enjoyed today I'm always wondering about the Vaikuntha planets how amazing they can go on how amazing they can go anywhere on an instant Wow we rightly should bow down to these wondrous higher beings. Mm. Thanks again and for our safe haven you have created for us all. Jai Prabhupada, Jayo Goranga Nityananda. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Very wonderful reflection, Jema. Thank you very much. You're making such quick advancement in devotional service. 
What a joy to, to hear. Hare Krishna. Thank you. So thank you all very much. Um, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samavira Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as Shukadev Goswami takes us forward more and more and more to the lotus feet of Sri Krishna. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.